Hey guys, welcome to the shit show of my 20s. I'm so excited that you guys are here. My name's Sophia. I started this podcast in the beginning of April and I got furloughed at the end of March. And quite honestly, it was so hard for me to comprehend and deal with that. I was like, I have two choices right now. I can start the podcast that I've always wanted to start or I can let this really deter me and start emotional eating and just sit on the couch and do nothing. And I decided to go with the first choice. And I'm so glad that I did because I've got to meet so many inspiring people from all over the world. And I hope that you guys see yourselves in some of these stories because I've just been having so much fun. This has been lighting me up so much. And I'm really glad that I put myself out there and decided to start it. You know, I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to start it. And I'm so glad that I just did that. And I know as an introvert, it's been pretty hard to like put myself out there, talk in front of a camera, talk to all these people I don't know. But I feel like this has been such a growing experience for me. And I feel like I need to share that with you guys because maybe there's something in your life that excites you but kind of scares you at the same time. And maybe it's time to step into that. Today's guest is Cynthia. I love chatting with her. We talk about how she started her own retreat company, all the different businesses she started and what she's learned from her past ventures, how to move past fear, and so much more. So let's get started. So thank you so much, Cynthia, for joining me today. I'm really looking forward to getting to know you. Love to know about your story, different career changes you've had. How'd you get to the place you're at right now? Yeah. Thank you for inviting me, first of all, Sophia. I'm really happy to be here. So excited to be here and um, chatting to you, spending some time together. So um, I, well, I'm from Malta, um, an island in the Mediterranean, a small island. And I left um, after university. So I think I was 21 when I left or 22. And I left for London to study. But I always knew I wanted to leave Malta from a very, very young age. And my sister was living in London as well at the time. So I went to London um, and studied um, European political economy in, at, um, at one of the very good universities. And I stayed there. I wanted to stay there. So I was looking for a job after I graduated. And um, I stayed in London. I stayed in London for around 20 years. Um, so I was in corporate in London. I wor- worked in banking, mainly in, bank- in banks, actually, in finance and IT because also then I became an accountant as well so I had this whole period of a lot of studying you know like studying after studying a degree and another degree and and then of course I went to find them to look for a corporate job and um, and they were super interesting there was always something in me to say you know this is not what I wanted to do long term and I felt I didn't I felt kind of I didn't have ideas all the time I'm always coming up with ideas. So something that um, sitting in, a, in an office in a corporate career, I couldn't really quite fit in. So I was always actually also coming up with ideas, even though I was working. Um, so we were traveling as well. So I was after my first role. And then when I left, we decided, my, then I, I met my partner. Then we decided to not take permanent jobs anymore, to only take contract work. So then in between contracts, we go traveling. So I traveled in Central and South America. That was my first big one, nine months. It was amazing. And I did some volunteer work as well in Nicaragua, which was super, super interesting. And um, kind of it, 
and the kind of the change started from there, from, from that stint of volunteer stint, I guess, and traveling around South America. So then we were doing contracting jobs and uh, traveling, contracting jobs and traveling. So we went to Asia a few times um, and just traveled, just took two months, three months off at a time. And I, it was always kind of going back to London and what shall I do with my life? That was like my big question all the time. What shall I do with my life? What shall I do with my life? And um, so in between also my contracting jobs, I also tried to or started businesses. Um, so I did, um, for example, one of the business I did was a market food, food stall for food stalls. So it was becoming really really the, the end thing to do to have a farmer a farmer's market for farmers markets and to have a food stall in there. So I was really into food. I did a food course with Cordon Bleu, which I absolutely loved. And I started doing these Maltese uh, pastry pastries and I had market stalls in there. And also I did it in, for some months whilst I was working as well. So I come home on a Friday night cook a whole 300 of these pastries and then go and sell them in the market, uh, which was fun, a lot of fun, but a lot of work as well, of course. So I had a few businesses like that, getting, you know, trying and trying and then stopping them because I decided, is this what I wanted to do? And then, of course, I've decided every time I came to this decision that in order to, in order to really make money out of these things and to not completely lose yourself in these businesses and you have to invest and that was always the the point for me it's like when the investing investment point comes it's like is this what I really want to do you know so that's when I kind of had a take took a step back and then either and then kind of changed my mind and but that that taught me a lot doing these various businesses taught me a lot and of course, going back to the corporate career is always, I'm sure this is very common, it's always kind of the easy thing to do. Because as you know, probably, you know, the money in London and in all the big cities is very good. So you keep on going back to that. Um, but it's, it's fun. no regrets, of course. Like I learned a lot, of course, from being in a corporate career. And then I got really, really into yoga. My partner and myself both got very much into yoga. And this is probably around... Hmm, 15 or a bit more than 15 years ago and then we went to study with one of the top yoga teachers in the US in New York and he kind of had this whole transformational program of not just doing yoga but also kind of where do you want to be in five years time and and things like that in fact all of the people I know that went into this program changed changed their careers and I said I knew already that I wanted to open a yoga studio and so that was my plan and then I did open a yoga studio in London, in, in London's Canary Wharf, close to Canary Wharf. And that was one of the most challenging projects I did with a really, really big investment all from our money. And it was a bit of a crazy time because I also became pregnant at the same time. So I had my first son. I had my first son and I opened yoga studio in the same week, which was super, super crazy. <laughs> And, um, and then after nine months, unfortunately, we had to close that down. And that was like a really heartbreaking thing to do because it was my second baby, of course. You know, I've, I've worked for this for five years, planning it, and we invested a lot of money into refurbishing this beautiful old building. And then we had to close it down. 
Um, I can I can say a bit the lessons learned from closing it down as well. And then after two, after three years, I think after two or three years, then that's when we moved to Ibiza. I was um, I had my second daughter by then. Well, actually, we had I had my second daughter, and again another crazy thing. After one month, we moved to, moved to Ibiza. <laughs> And here I am. We've been here now for five years in Ibiza, which is another Mediterranean island. So I've gone from, I've gone full circle from a Mediterranean island to another Mediterranean island. And um, now I do yoga retreats. I've been doing yoga retreats in Ibiza for the past four years, which I absolutely love. And since lockdown, I have another project. <laughs> so this is, this is, I think it's very common in people and um, creative people in, not in terms of create creative ideas people we're always coming up with ideas and and it's something we we cannot stop doing actually and so now since the lockdown i've been following a lot of you know business coaches online and so forth and i really want to start helping um women entrepreneurs to start their business, their online business, or taking their offline business into online. And I think at the moment, it's a really big opportunity because a lot of people are going to change careers or pivot their business. And because I've learned so much and in doing my businesses in the past, and also my yoga retreats business, because that's how I, I find my clients, I find them online. So I've learned a lot by doing online businesses. So yeah, this is the journey so far. <laughs> My journey so far. Awesome. And from starting so many different businesses, is there anything you would have done differently in your businesses, knowing all the things that you know now? Yes, totally. And so many, so much stuff I can say, but I think the few, the few things I can say is, I think number one is get advice and help from very early on. So I really believe now in investing yourself in business coaching even though I feel that, you know, when you're starting a business, it, it seems extra, extra money. And, you know, where am I going to get that money? So I would really invest that, that in business coaching to have some guidance, to have some kind of mentor as well, to have a second, have a second opinion. Because when you're starting as a business, as you probably know, you're so much into it that it's really nice. It's really good. It's really good practice to have some someone external giving you an advice on that and um, my second thing would be to plan so i usually come up with an idea and just go for it but i'm the opposite of procrastinating basically so for people like me it's really not it's really good to actually take action it's really good so i'm, I'm it's very easy to start the project but also to take a step back and plan a little bit as well. And that goes, that goes hand in hand with advice because if you, you're getting advice from a business coach, they will tell you to do, to do that anyway. And the third thing is to, yes, go over the fear, listen, feel the fear and do it anyway. Like, so go over the uncomfortableness and out of your comfort zone, but listen to your gut listen to what your gut is telling you in the in the yoga for example for in the yoga studio we so we're both accountants both my partner and i are accountants and i did the numbers and i've looked at other yoga studios i looked at their accounts and i knew they don't make money they it's not i'm not saying this sorry it's not they don't make money but it's very difficult to make money 
because you have high rent costs, high teacher costs and all of this. So it's very difficult to make money. I'm not saying it's impossible, but at the time anyway, when I was doing the studio, it was very difficult. So I looked at the accounts, but I kind of still did it. I still went ahead and did it. So I think if I listened to my gut, and there was a point, I just really remember this time where we went for a walk and we kind of had to decide, we had the, the project managers that they were refurbishing the project, the, the, the building for us, uh, waiting on our decision, the people who were going, the landlords who were going to rent the, the building from, we had to take a decision and we went for a walk and we were like, shall we do it, shall we not do it? And we kind of were feeling it that this might be a bit too, too above our, our means. I think we knew it that it's going to be, but it's going to be kind of very expensive to run in the short term, because it obviously as in bricks and mortar businesses, they take a very long time to make money. Um, so you, have, you need that cash injection, but we still went ahead and did it. Um, so this is what I say, yes, feel the fear and, and, and go out of your comfort zone, but always listen to, to your gut. It's what, what the inside, you know, what the real feeling is telling you. And what made you guys get into yoga? How were you introduced to it? How we were introduced? Actually, yes. So we were both um, going to a personal training, personal trainer in a gym. And he, bo- he told us that we both need um, yoga. <laughs> he said, you both need yoga to increase your flexibility. Actually, that was his main reason, to increase our flexibility. And it's one of the teachers at this gym was like amazing, like super knowledgeable, just an amazing teacher. And it started from there. And then I think the shift was, there were two shifts. The shift was when we started going from once a week to twice a week, we saw the difference it made. And the other shift was when we found our teacher in London. And then because we moved locations and obviously you move studios and, um, we were kind of just going to yoga, you know, but like just keeping it at the same level for quite a long time. And then we met my teacher, our teacher, which I, I did my yoga teacher training with. And we met her and that was the turning point to like, like super, like fall in love with it completely then. And what benefits have you experienced from yoga? Oh God, so much, you know, um, where would I be without yoga really? Um, <laughs> um, I'm, I'm quite, um, I'm not a calm person at all. So for me, I don't know where I would be without yoga. I'll be like, you know, <laughs> mental. <laughs> so yeah, so like yoga is, is, the, is the thing that keeps me balanced, is the thing that keeps me sane and centered. Um, and also I used to have quite a few bouts of, I wouldn't say depression, I would say sadness, quite a few bouts of sadness because I was very unhappy in my corporate life. I, I, knew, I knew, always knew it deep down that this is not what I wanted to do. Um, and actually when I started yoga, that was the shift of me not having these bouts of sadness. And I think that that's probably the main, main, main benefits that I took out of it. I, I do remember, you know, feeling after, um, after my, my work, I go home and all I want to do is sleep because I've had this day, you know, from my nine to five where it's not bringing me any joy or any energy whatsoever. So I used to go home and feel drained, feel sad, feel like there's, 
there's no hope or anything like that. But then when I started going yoga, you have something to look forward to. You know, you're going to yoga after work um, and then you kind of forget about work and really get into this yoga world as well. So, yeah, that was like the big, the biggest benefit for me as well. And what inspired you to create your retreat? Okay, so with that, um, I've had two kids. I was in Ibiza and we were here for one year. And as I said, you know, for people who are like, like me, creative ideas people, you can't stop from creating, coming up with new, new projects. And I had a friend at the time living here and we just decided, let's start, let's start, do, let's start doing a retreat. Let's start do with one retreat, organizing one retreat. And, and that's it, that's how we started. It was all about, actually it was all about, so I was very much into yoga and my friend very much into food. So she can do the food part and I can do the yoga part. Um, I actually didn't teach in my first few retreats. And um, because we were so busy organizing it all and preparing the food. So for us, it was like, what, like a really nice magical thing to do to offer people who are coming from, from mainly from cities and um, probably stressed in their jobs or really, really need a break from the city and come to a beautiful villa in Ibiza where everything is prepared for them. And also like indulge in a week of yoga, which is super amazing. Mm. And are there any challenges that you faced creating your first retreat or anything you would have done different on the first retreat? Oh, yes. Um, the first retreat, um, it, it was actually, re it was a beautiful retreat. Um, we, we filled it really quickly, which we were very surprised. And um, we cooked for, we cooked in that retreat. So now I, I'm, I, my, my retreats, I do them on my own. I'm not with my, I don't do it with my friends anymore because she wants to just go into, stay into cooking, into food. And so we cooked in that retreat. And uh, I realized that you cannot be a chef and a host in, in your retreat. So it's really important to take care of your guests. That's like the first thing to, to be there for the guests. And when you're obviously busy cooking, you cannot be there for the guests like the whole time. So kind of the guests are having a different experience to what you are having because you are in the kitchen preparing the food. And that was the main thing for me that the, during the retreat, retreat week and the guests come first, of course, even when I was cooking, but in terms of supporting them, talking to them, because a lot of things come up during the retreats. Um, so many of our guests are, are passing through changes in our, in, in their life. So they really need help with that. Even just, just being, just being there and just listening. And so we couldn't do that so much in our first retreat. So, but we were just learning. Um, but I still have people from the first retreat who are still coming to my retreats, which is really nice. Awesome. <laughs> and what's helped you like fill up the spots in your retreat? Do you use influencers, do you use Instagram ads? Has it been just organically people find you? So I have, it's a combination. I always say this, it's a combination of things. So now over the years, I, a lot of people are coming through my network that I've built. That's kind of just builds up organically and recommendations. That's the easiest. That's like the nicest and the easiest. And then Facebook and Instagram. Um, and then there are some booking websites as well, retreat booking websites that I get some people through them. And uh, they, for me, it doesn't always work out so much for everyone, but for me, it's worked really well. 
and they've got me some amazing clients that I still have and they still keep on coming. So it's a really combination of, of different parts of your network. So I always say, um, you don't try just one thing. You have to try everything. And who's your retreat um, for? Who's a good person to go to your retreat? Yes. So it's mainly women. It's not a woman's retreat. So other men can come as well. I actually quite like men, you know, some men being there, there because I really think it's, it's a nice balance as well. So they're not women's retreats, but they're mainly women. And so usually the men come with their parts and, and therefore busy, busy women um, probably working in corporate life or just left their corporate life or something like that and or pass and passing through a change that's mainly that's the main um, the main attraction for them to come to our trees because they're passing through a change in their lives so whether that's a career change but also could be a family change you know um, leaving leaving your partner or um, I've had actually some guests who just finished their studying so like a big big um a lot of years of studying and very difficult studying so they want to treat themselves so it's kind of it's always a change in their life that's the main thing and what do you what type of activities do you have do you do like workshops during the retreat yes definitely so of course we have um, yoga yoga in the morning and in the afternoon and um, like early evening because it's hot um especially in the summer of course and then we do workshops. So I, my favorite thing to do is in our second night, we do a sound bath. I don't know if you've done a sound bath before. Yet. But it's really beautiful. So we do it outside and um, with, with the sounds, you know, surrounding us with the crystal healing sounds. And um, I feel like people, our guests really arrive when they do a sound bath. It's kind of gets the energy to, to ground them. and that's that's my favorite retreat if i can manage to make it on the second night so people really arrive in the retreat to a sound bath and then we do breath work workshops which are super super powerful we, we use um transformational breath and then we have various workshops um, i really see depending on the people who are coming but i love that um sometimes we, or most times actually we do a, a drumming workshop so we go in a circle and we do um, drumming with, with someone, with, with a drummer. He leads us and that's super fun. So much fun. Um, and then one of our most popular is we go stand up pedal boarding um, in one of the beaches in Ibiza. And that's like really a lot of fun. And it's also nice that because we go out of the villa as well. So it changes the energy. Um, and it's really nice because we see like the the the, the it's like a teamwork, you know, the guests all helping each other um, when we go stand up pedal boarding. <clears throat> and then on our last night, um, so the villa is very close to a beach called Benira's Beach. And on this beach, the hippies have been going since the 60s to do drumming, sunset dr drumming. And they basically go every single night of the year and um, and we go and see them so it's a really nice atmosphere where everyone is on the beach um, and dancing and at sunset so it's like a really really beautiful thing um, for guests to participate in and as like a host of, of a retreat what do you do to make sure that your customers have the best experience so as i said before being there for them 
that is my first that that is the thing i learned most from my retreats over four years being for them being there for them so listening to them so if i don't have to even if i don't give so much advice i just have to be there for them and be hand, like totally for them i'm not like thinking of other things i'm totally for them yes yeah, so that's that is my best advice and then that's how i ensure they have the right the, the best experience and then also um i'm not a very rigid person so i do have my timetable of uh, or my plan of what's going to happen in the retreat but i see also you know how guests are feeling of what we can do or we change our plan so I'm, i'm very much fluid and to see what everyone else is doing and also um i make sure so some people come in with in in a small group for example three or four friends some people come on their own some people come with a friend i really make sure that the people who come on their own are not left behind for example are always within the group and making friends um and also my main thing is to really create a balanced retreat it's really important to have balance to organize these workshops and these activities and yoga so give them a lot of value but on the other hand give time for um self care just give time for relaxing being by the pool or going visit beaches shopping whatever they want to do um so it's it's not to fill up the timetable basically not to fill up the retreat with like always doing 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 the, the main thing is there's the two two main reasons. so it's always like you know at eight o'clock we have to do this and 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 ten o'clock and even though they love it and that's how they they get enjoyment but it's also nice to show them this is your time to stop and um and read a book and or do nothing you know just chat and and the second reason is for, for them to um to talk to each other to to meet each other and they love that this is why they join a retreat and they don't go to a hotel and practice yoga they join a retreat most gets to meet other people to connect with other people and they love that so one of one of the retreats um in the beginning for example i filled every night with a workshop because i just wanted to give a lot of value but then the reviews or you know the their recommendations were don't fill up every night with a workshop because all they wanted to do is sit down under the stars and have a chat with each other So then I learned that it's it's a is the balance. And to anyone who wants to start an online business right now, what advice would you give them? Okay, so there's so much opportunity right now to to start an online business. Um especially now more than ever, I think, because <clears throat> we realized that in during the, the the pandemic, we realized that we cannot we cannot depend on one stream of income. So for example, my retreats had to stop and so i had uh, i had three retreats planned just in the summer months i was probably going to do one in october so four in total and i'm only going to probably do one this year so it's um this is why online business at the moment it's so kind of um and so beneficial to to start um the thing that people say is why am i going to start doing this business why is there so many doing it and this isn't everything right it's very difficult near impossible probably to come with something come up with an idea which no one has come up 
before with before. So you're always going to find someone who has, you know, a million Instagram followers, so many Facebook likes and all of this. This is always the case. But what I say is people follow you as a person. So if you have, if you have a hobby or an interest or a passion or even a skill that you want to take from offline to online, do a research, but don't spend too much research. And because that can kill the idea, that can, can start having doubts. You can start having doubts in yourself. What am I doing? There's so many other big people doing it. Who am I to do it? But I would really suggest that you spend just a little bit time on research and just go ahead and do it. So if you want to create your community, for example, create a Facebook page, create a Facebook group and start building your community. So, and another second advice I will give is you build your audience, you build your community first. And it takes time to build. And unless you have that community already offline and it, it can follow you online, but if you're, and you're, or if you're starting from scratch, really take time to build that community and um, the community of ideal clients, of course, not just your family and your friends. And the reason is there is so many examples. So many people have created courses in the past. They spend a lot of time creating a course, for example, and then there's no one to buy the course. And they think that their course is not right or not attractive and for or too expensive, for example. And the reason is because you, you haven't created your community first. So I really would suggest to start by creating your community, whether it's on Facebook, whether it's on YouTube, whether it's on LinkedIn, to create your community. And with that also, then you can create things for them. So if you have a course idea, but your community, your audience, that's not what they want. They want maybe something completely different. So then you create a course for them. And then you kind of don't really have to sell it so much because that's what they want anyway. So I, this is what I would suggest that um, you, you really start by building your community. It's the one most important thing um, that we can do at the moment in the online space and is the one thing that a lot of people miss actually. And it's the one thing, is the thing that I missed in the beginning um, when I was creating the, the, the retreats. Um, so retreats are a high-end product and I started creating them without building anything, without building my community. I just went straight for it. And yes, you can do it like I did it. I managed, but it's much harder. It's, it's harder work to to get known in the industry. So it's really nice to build the foundations first. And then when you have the foundations of the big community, um, you can, or the engaged community, it doesn't have to be super big, but it has to be a, like an engaged community that they follow you, that they love you, that um, they respond to your questions uh, and so forth. Um, then you can uh, create things for them and you can create like maybe a small thing for them, like a masterclass, or um, a two-day course, for example, or you can create a big course, a six-month course, or you can create a membership, you can create eBooks. So there's so many things that you can do. Another thing is tech, tech overwhelm, not to, not to let the, um, the tech technology overwhelm you. <clears throat> there's so many options that you can do. <laughs> so many, you know, for, by going online, for example, even just creating your community, there's Facebook, there's LinkedIn, there's YouTube, or even just um, deciding on which microphone or which um, um, 
streaming, streaming websites to use. There's so much choices all the time. Not to let tech overwhelm you. I think that's the thing. It's a lot of people get stuck in the tech and, and it doesn't have to be like that. And what is something lighting you up right now? For me, it's, uh, it's doing yoga every day. So most days, anyway, let's, let's put it that, that <laughs> because I have my kids um, are not going to school at the moment. So I do yoga lives nearly every day in my group. Actually, not this week because I have a bad back, of course. So I, I go yoga live and that's, I love that. So as much as I love being there for my community, I, I'm also getting a lot out of it. And I say it to them. I, I say, it, listen, I am getting a lot out of this as well. I love it. And it really sets me up for the day as well. And the second thing is going to the beaches here in Ibiza. Um, at this time, Ibiza would have been pretty much full with um, with tourists and pretty busy with all the beaches with the sunbeds and at the moment the beaches are empty and they're beautiful there's a lot of fish in the sea and and it's, it's just stunning so all of us who are living here we are like really enjoying this like really special time where we can just enjoy our island and also giving the island a break well probably most a lot of places tourist places anyway giving the world a chance, no? A chance to like rest and uh, have less pollution and less interaction with us. <laughs> and what is something that most people don't know about you? I, you know, I've thought of that and I'm quite an open person. <laughs> I, I am quite, everyone knows everything about me, I think. But maybe the one, <laughs> maybe the one thing is that I do like my own company. I do like to go, for like a little break on my own. I love doing that. So I love being with people. I'm quite an extrovert. I get energy from people, but also I really need, and since I've become a mom, actually, I need it more and more. I love going for a one night or two night break somewhere on my own and just like recharge my batteries, read lots of books, even though it's just two days, I'm like just getting all the information I can or just sleep actually. So that's, when you become a mom, that's one of the most um, thing that we crave is sleep. <laughs> and what motivates you? What motivates me? Wow. Um, new ideas. That's what motivates me. It's new ideas. New ideas, not just for myself, but also for he people, when I'm helping people. And, um, and seeing the transformation also, what they bring. So in my two businesses, in my um, yoga retreats and in my online business space, I'm kind of doing the same thing. This is how I'm approaching it. I'm doing the same thing. I'm, I'm, I'm helping to transform lives. So by hosting this yoga retreat, I'm helping people to go through their change, to take decisions, important decisions in their lives to go through a change. And the same with the online space, um, providing the space I'm teaching um, or I'm helping, I'm showing how you can go online and have a transformation, have a change in their lives. And by coming up with these ideas for them and helping them, transforming their ideas into actions, that's what really motivates me, seeing the transformation both through yoga or through the online and seeing their actions, their, their ideas take coming into actions. That's what's really, really that is my why, basically. And what were your 20s like? My 20s. Okay, so I, as I said before, excuse me, as I said before, I went from Malta to London in my 20s. And I studied a lot, a lot, a lot. Probably until the age of 26 or 27, I was studying a lot. 
Um, so I was working a full-time job and then going to study for my accountancy uh, qualification after my work and in the weekends as well. But I also had a lot of fun. So in my 20s is when I was in my corporate career. I was earning quite good money. So I had a lot of fun as well. I was going traveling a lot as well. So it was very diverse from corporate career to traveling to to having fun. On the other hand, there was always the thing of like, what shall I do with my life? And um, it was that was always the burning question. So and because I wasn't totally, shall I say, totally at ease, at peace also with my corporate career, that was always the niggling thing that I had um, in my 20s. And what advice would you give your 20-year-old self? My advice would be to follow your soul, to really follow, and or, or your gut, really follow what, what is talking to you, rather than follow money or follow status or follow whatever you studied at university. I think really follow what your passion is or what, what your feeling is, what your soul is. Um, if, if I did that, sometimes I say this, you know, and... If, if I did that, I wouldn't have stayed so long, for example, in my corporate career. I think it's good to do it, and it was really good to do it. But there was a time where I could have maybe taken a few years off and really started on my journey. Um, that, that's what I would say. Um, I think so many of us, right, like we go into, into, some, into courses or into degrees without really, really knowing what we really want because it's, we're so young and that's okay. So many of us do it. It's okay. But there comes a point where you kind of have to let that go. And that was the main thing for me, actually. The biggest, biggest, biggest thing for me was, am I really going to become a yoga teacher? Am I going to be um, a chef? You know, when I was really into food and I was having these market stores and letting all of my studies go because I spent so long studying and so much money in studying as well. How can I let all of that go? That was the biggest thing. And then what, is, what are my parents going to think, you know, about it? Um, how are they going to, to respond? So there's all of these conflicts. And maybe that's a natural thing, thing for, for a lot of us to pass through. I don't know. But I would say the, easy, the earlier you can process that, if, if you are in that change in your life, you know, from corporate or not really feel that you want to continue with what you've studied, the earlier I think you process that, the, the letting go of that, I think the faster transformation can happen and the faster you can work in areas that you are very passionate about rather than just for money. Thank you so much for doing this. Where can people connect with you? Thank you. Yes. So I have um, two ways to connect with me. So one way is my yoga retreats, which is Harmonic Escapes, harmonicescapes.com. And in there, there's all the links for my Facebook group, uh, for my Facebook group or my page. Or else my second one is only on my Facebook until now. It is Hub for Driven Entrepreneurs Facebook group. Thank you guys so much for listening. I'd love if you can leave me a review on iTunes. Please feel free to share it with any friends you think the story would resonate with. I hope you guys have a great rest of your day.